0: Let's do that hockey. All right, everybody. Another rapid-fire episode of NHL Entry Draft Reaction. And this time, I'm catching up with NHL.com's writer, Adam Kimmelman. You may know Adam from such podcasts as NHL Draft Class. I highly recommend listening and subscribing and five-star reviewing his podcast as well as mine uh so here's a little taste uh with adam kimmelman hope you enjoy this conversation if you do check him out on draft class so adam and i are talking um, a bit of a theme here we'll be doing shane wright Slavkowski, nemich isaac howard and uh his favorite from the draft uh, maverick lamoreau who would have limited fantasy value more so in the bangers and mash kind of leagues um Anyways, I'll let you uh, get Adam's take on those players. Without any further ado, let's go live to the draft with Adam Kimmelman. Alright, so day two of the NHL draft, and right now I'm joined by Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com. Uh, I am always tooting the horn of the draft task. so happy to have Adam from the draft cast on, Adam,
1: last night was a pretty wild ride, eh? Pretty good stuff from round one. You know, we all knew it would be volatile, unpredictable, and we got everything we were expecting right from pick one right on down. Yuri Lofkowski on the Montreal one. We all really kind of thought it would be Shane Wright. And then Simon Nemes, number two to the Devils. Shane Wright slip, slipping to four to the Seattle Kraken. All the trades, it was a lot of fun. We kind of expected the unexpected, and we got a lot of, uh, a lot of what we didn't expect.
0: Well, when Wright didn't go one, I immediately turned to the guy I standing next to him and said, buckle up, because New Jersey's probably going D here. Where, how far does Shane Wright fall now was the question. And uh, so he, he fell to fourth at Seattle. Now, one thing that I find really fascinating about that dynamic is <clears throat> there seems to be this sort of unwritten rule for the most part that the guy that goes first has to jump straight into the NHL, you know, except for Eric Johnson and Owen Power. Um, every other player who's gone first has done that. And now that Wright loses that pressure of being the first overall pick, it kind of gives Seattle permission to send him back to junior, perhaps. Uh, What do you think about Shane Wright's playing chances in the NHL as soon as next year?
1: I think what helps him is going to Seattle, where they're still in that building mode. They really don't have those foundational elements. Matty Benier's got, I believe it was nine or ten games at the end of last season, where he looks like he has the potential to be a number one center. Now, do you want to put another 18-year-old player in there as your top one of your top three centers in Shane Wright? Do you want to send him back to Kingston? Because remember, he did miss a year of development. So, you know, you go back to John Tavares in 2009, who was sort of the best comparison, I think, to Shane Wright, where John had four years in the Ontario Hockey League before he mm-hmm. jumped right into the NHL. Shane didn't get that extra year. He's only had two. Right. So maybe there's you give him a chance to go back to junior, give him another season because you don't want to rush him. You don't want to have a lineup full of young guys who are going to struggle. But I think he at least gets the nine games to start the season. I'm sure he, he thinks in his mind he's NHL ready. Oh, he said so. Yeah, he feels he's NHL ready. Will Seattle agree? I don't know, but I think he'll at least start has a chance to at least start the season in the National Hockey League, get the nine game tryout, and then maybe Seattle will make the decision: Do we send him back to junior for another season? We can continue to work on you know work on his skating, work on he mentioned you know his his offensive touch, his scoring touch. He wanted to get better. He feels he didn't score enough goals as he could have or should have. So there's a lot that goes into that equation. I don't know if it necessarily has anything to do with where he was picked as far as one, two, three, or four. I think it's the team that got him is going to really put some thought into it because Seattle isn't ready to compete for a playoff spot. So do you want to have another young guy on a team that probably is going to struggle again this coming season? So it's going to be an interesting debate.
0: Yeah, a a pro argument for and a pro argument against would be I think he'll get plenty of ice time in Seattle more so than he would have probably in Montreal, right? So it's not like he'll be middling on the, the press box of the fourth line and, and being the occasional scratch. Uh, but then on the other hand, Ron Francis has shown patience he likes o- over the prospects. Uh, he did that very well with Carolina really taking the time with, with prospects. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see which direction that goes. Now the guys that went ahead of him, and there's two of them that I think could jump into the NHL right away and become, you know, relevant fantasy players out of the gate. Um, and that is the first overall pick, Slavkowski coming to Montreal. And then uh, the Slovakian uh, Simon, Nemec, Simon Nemec to the Devils. Yeah, he thinks that he could be NHL-ready. Uh,
1: what do you think the chances are that either of those guys jumping in right away? I think Slefkowski, because of the size, because of the position he's going to play, has more of a chance of being a full-time NHL player next season. A six-foot-four, two 230-pound wing has a really—the the responsibilities— aren't going to be the same that Simon Nemitz is going to have as a defenseman. So I wonder if Slavkovsky... I don't really have any question about Slavkovsky being close to an impact guy, a top-nine forward from day one through game 82 for the Canadians. Nemich, I wonder if the Devils you know, want to have an 18-year-old European-born defenseman who is going to have to learn how to play on North American ice. Yes, he has experience playing against men in the Slovakian League for the last three years, not to mention the Olympics and the World Championships. That's a big jump for a defenseman. So you have to wonder then if you're going to protect him, keep him on your third pair maybe, give him 16 or 17 minutes a night, Would he be better going back to Europe, back to Slovakia, where he's going to play 25, 26 minutes a night and really be able to understand what playing heavy minutes in a big situation, every game, is going to do for him? There's also the option of the American Hockey League, and I believe Cape Breton has his Canadian Hockey League rights. So there's a lot of options that the Devils have with him as far as where he could go. Now, obviously, he thinks he's NHL-ready. He, we, they we all spoke, do. Well, we spoke to him on, on the NHL draft last podcast, and he said NHL or American Hockey League. So he's yeah. got there. There's a lot of options. The Devils are going to have a lot of opportunity to find where the best place for for Simon Nemec is next season, and then moving forward. Right. Is there a player that was picked in the
0: first round as well that you think? Wow, that's a really good match for that team. For me, it was probably Isaac Howard going late mm-hmm. to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. He seems to match their yeah, their modus upper end undersized highly skilled and he looked
1: great didn't he he really did you gotta love the Miami Vice kind of turtleneck and jacket look but yeah you know when I was doing the pick by pick analysis as soon as I saw Isaac Howard did the lightning like he checks all the boxes that they look for as far right. as players competitive gets to the front of the net willing to go to the dirty areas to produce you know high compete level great offensive touch. he's a finisher I think he was a little bit underrated. He led that mm-hmm. national team program in scoring. Right. Led them in scoring at the at the World Under 18s. He is a dynamic offensive force. Maybe he's a little bit on the undersized side, but that can be. You know, he's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger going to Minnesota Duluth. But yeah, he looked like a Tampa Bay Lightning guy as soon as you saw them. Heard them call his name.
0: He had some swagger too. Pete Kreisky compared to Matt Barzell, so that's that's pretty favorable. The rich get richer with Tampa Bay. Was there another guy that jumped out to you that you
1: liked for a fit with that team? You know, I really like Maverick Lamoureux to Arizona. I know you do. You know, he's he's a guy that I've I've been intrigued with the first time I started watching him play. The big six foot seven right hand defenseman from Drummondville. But you think a guy that big can't really skate all that well? He skates like a guy who's six foot one, not a guy who's six foot seven. Shades of Joe B- Bomeister. Exactly. Like a like big guys. Right shot, who can move like he can move. He's 199 pounds at the, at the combine. Well, I spoke to his trainer, I spoke to his nutritionist, I saw the food plan that he's got for, for the summer here. He's going to put on the weight and he's going to put it on smartly. And the trick is, how do you get him filled out physically? Because it's one thing to play physical and play nasty against 17 and 18 year old kids in the Quebec League. Right. It's a completely different ballgame to do it in the NHL. A little bit more pushback. Right. And he understands that. And his trainer and his his nutritionist have made sure that he understands that you can't play that way at this weight. He's got to get bigger, he's got to get stronger. But you can't lose any of the agility, the speed, the athleticism that makes him a special player. So if he can thread that needle, and I I wrote about it on NHL.com, but if he can thread that needle, if he can put on the size, fill out to 220, 230 pounds, with that skating ability, that physicality, that length, there's a chance he could end up being a really, really special player that Arizona ended up stealing it 27 or 28 in the first round. Right. Yeah. So if for fantasy
0: hockey, he'll be valuable in banger leagues that, yep. that count the hits and the blocks and the pims and all that. Um, I'm not sure that he's going to run the power play in the future. Do you think there could be some
1: untapped offensive upside on that file as well? Well, I think a guy that big and that strong, as he gets stronger, it's only going to make his shot more powerful. He's certainly going to be able to, to skate well enough to create opportunities for himself. Yep. Good luck getting the puck off of him. You know, when he, when he, squat, when he gets down and he puts, the, puts his big butt out, and he'll hold off opposing players. Yeah. Good luck getting the puck away from him. So, yeah, I think there's definitely, again, it's skill training, skill development that he's going to get. And as he gets bigger, as he gets stronger, it's going to make all those little elements of his game that much better.
0: Good stuff. Well, last night was so much fun, and I'm sure today's going to be pretty awesome, too. Hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Thanks very much for your, uh, for your time jumping on the podcast with me, man. And, again, everyone... If you listen to this podcast and you don't listen to NHL Draft Class, start listening to it. You're going to love it just as much as I do. The boys have fantastic first-class guests. They watch the games. They know what they're talking about. And uh, their production value is way better than mine. So enjoy that. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely.